Good morning. Good morning. I have a friend who is profoundly deaf. When he was four and a half years old, his mother drove him from their home in upstate New York to enroll him at the Clark School for the Deaf in Northampton, Massachusetts. I sometimes try to imagine what it was like for him to be dropped off at this residential school, knowing very few words, incapable of understanding why his mother was leaving him in this place, not knowing when or if she would return, or what it was like, or what it was like for her to drive away from that school believing she had made the best choice for her son, but bearing in her heart the greatest pain she had ever experienced. After the initial shock of this displacement finally wore off, Dick did quite well in school. He was bright and he had a knack for lip reading. His speech was, and still is today, pretty easy to understand once you're used to his voice, a voice which he has never heard. He went on to high school and to college and then entered into the world of business. He was moderately successful but was finally let go by the company because he couldn't keep up with his hearing peers who, of course, could use the telephone, who could have conversations in the hallway, who could attend meetings without the help of a sign language interpreter, and who were skilled in English because they had heard it all their lives. While Dick struggles to this day to get the right words to convey his meaning. I met Dick about 10 years ago, having been introduced him to him by a former seminary classmate of mine. At that time, he was discerning a call to priesthood. He wanted to make the gospel accessible to deaf people, who because they cannot communicate easily in a hearing world, are often excluded from the life of the church. Since that time, Dick has gone through the ordination process, has earned his Master of Divinity degree, and has been ordained as a priest in the Episcopal Church. It may seem ironic that Dick's favorite passage of scripture is a passage that speaks about hearing because Dick has never heard even a single sound the passage is from Romans 10, where Paul writes, If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one who believes with the heart and so is justified, and one who confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, No one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. 
for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? How can they call upon someone they don't have faith in? And how can they have faith in someone they haven't heard of? And how can they hear without a preacher? Dick has a vision. He longs to bring the good news of the gospel to those who have never heard it. His dream is to make the message of the gospel and the sacraments of the church accessible to those who cannot hear. He advocates for deaf people and looks for ways to adapt the worship of the church to the language and culture of the deaf. He wants to be fully included in the life of the church and he wants others like him to know that they too are loved by God, a God who speaks not only to the hearing but who longs to communicate his love to the deaf as well. Dick's vision is similar to the vision which led Thomas Cranmer and others to create the first book of Common Prayer. Issued in 1549 in the second year of the reign of King Edward VI, the first book of Common Prayer allowed people to worship in their own language rather than in Latin. It simplified the complicated liturgical uses, usages of the medieval church so that it was suitable for use by the laity as well as the clergy. In other words, it made the worship of the church accessible to common people. Since that time, as Anglicanism has spread across the globe, the Book of Common Prayer has been adapted and translated in at least 200 different languages other than English. Dick's vision of full inclusion of deaf people in the life of the church includes creating liturgies that are in the language that is most accessible to them, namely American Sign Language and which reflect the ways of relating that are common in deaf culture. Among the varieties of disabilities, deafness is unique because deaf people share a common language and a common culture. You won't find that with any other disability. He wants to make the wording of the Book of Common Prayer still simpler and easier to understand for those whose command of English is limited. He wants to celebrate liturgies that rely more on visual cues than on auditory cues. He wants sermons that are less wordy <laughs> and easier to follow and which engage the conversation, you know, congregation in dialogue. He wants simpler hymns which are fully comprehensible to those who sing them in sign language. Our hymn book is a nightmare to interpret, I can tell you. 
It's still a dream. Deaf churches are few and far between. They are invariably small and poor. And they receive little attention or support from the hearing church. But Dick keeps going because he believes the words of Peter in Acts 2, our reading for today. The promise is for you and for your children and all those who are far away, as many as the Lord invites. Today, as we celebrate the first Book of Common Prayer and all that it represents, it might be a good day to ask ourselves, who do I know who feels excluded from the church's life and worship? And what might I do to further the dream of making the church's life and worship fully accessible to all.